0: what's going on everybody welcome back to the mo love podcast honest conversations with mo um back at it you know here with another episode um and you know i'll just get right into this episode uh then with the first topic of this episode uh is on self-accountability and kind of you know what that entails, what that looks like for myself, and how we, you know, try to depict that, you know, within our own lives. Um, As I spoke on last episode, you know, kind of spoke on self-loss and, you know, what it means to lose yourself and how do you, you know, go about finding yourself. But I think it's also important to kind of be aware of how are you accountable for yourself uh, in terms of that, whether it is self-loss or just overall growth within yourself. And I guess to start off with um, what self-accountability is for me is, you know, doing my best every day to, you know, get 1% better. Um, And I speak on that a lot um in terms of being one percent better and how that looks like, um and putting in the necessary work to achieve, you know, the dreams uh that I have for myself, you know, the ideas that started out as dreams and manifesting them, you know, and putting the work in and turning them into a reality. Um and I think that's what accountability looks like um in terms of all aspects of uh, my life, whether that's you know, the physical in terms of you know how am I taking care of myself, um, not you know overexerting myself, to the mental, you know what knowledge, you know what what information am I allowing myself to intake that makes me you know that much better, um, and in terms of you know what accountability can entail, it can entail, you know, the good and bad, you know, the things that, uh, I've chosen not to be accountable for, um, whether that's, um, that negative self-talk and, you know, getting down on myself or, um, not feeling, uh, up for it or up to the task when it comes to the goals I want to achieve and you know sometimes you know everyday is you know a daily battle for sure and i think that's the the struggle in you know holding yourself accountable um and how that changes and how that shapes itself is is multi-layered um very multi-layered um because if you know if we're not holding ourselves accountable you know no one else can you know no one else can um, and we have to be accountable in the choices we choose to make, whether you know it is the good or bad, um and accepting you know the outcomes that come from it um and with being accountable it's it's a evolving process because um when we choose to make the choices far as for our lives um and decisions we choose to make, um I think it's important to notice, you know, are we taking accountability for those things? Are we despite the end result, are we saying, Hey, regardless, you know, this is, you know, this is where in the moment where I am and who I am and this is how I choose to proceed from here, you know? whether it's, um, bad habits, um, whether, you know, it is that negative self-talk, whether it is, uh, whether it is that, you know, toxic positivity, it's, it's a ever, you know, evolving process because our ownership in ourselves and who we choose to become is, is very much, you know, a state where we're kind of, we're kind of shapeshift, you know, where I was kind of shapeshifting, where I was growing, where I was, you know, developing as individuals and what aspects of ourselves have we chosen to accept and what aspects of ourselves are we choosing to get rid of, um, you know, in that understanding of, you know, being accountable and Taking that ownership, um, and that comes also through, you know, as I touch on next, um, through the traumas that uh, we endure, you know, within our lives, and you know what what kind of is trauma, um, and how do we allow trauma to seep into, you know, the fabrics of our lives um, when it comes to, you know, childhood trauma and what we been through, um, the things we've chosen to, you know, hide, you know, our shadow selves, the parts of ourselves that we've chosen to hide, um, is very, very important because in understanding who are we choosing, you know, to become, you know, what traumas are we allowing to dictate our choices, um, and what. What is it about our traumas that is impacting us now? um for example, I think I've touched on before, as far as um I think the biggest trauma for myself uh is in terms of you know my physical health in terms of my heart condition and you know being warm with my heart on the other side, and how that kind of impacted, whether it be my confidence or The manner in which, you know, I am able to engage in the world, you know, physically as far as how that impacts, you know, my overall health Um, and never really understanding how much that, you know, kind of played a role into how I carry myself um, early on um, in, in the sense of where um, kind of not really being able to be the individual i guess I felt I could be not in the sense of where this heart condition you know prevented me from do i mean obviously doing the things I probably wanted to do or uh enjoy doing, but I think just how it you know impacted my relationships you know um, with people because I want to do so much with understanding you know my limitations and I think that was something I had to, you know kind of grasp early on and later on and realizing how much that did play a role you know as I mentioned you know in terms of my confidence because I was you know so sheltered growing up because you know this heart ignition, you know something you know very unknown you know to to my family so the the in the the freedom in which i try to you know flow through life uh kind of was impacted because i you know when you're young you know you feel of course uh you know feeling invincible and feeling you know like there's you know no consequences you know in the world but I think understanding how much that allowed me to get a better understanding of myself and my abilities and my capabilities um was very much needed um and then other traumas um in terms of you know whether you know it's family you know whether it's you know relationships um that you know gone through uh those traumas and how that shaped me as well and then also i think about the trauma that we you know cause onto others and how that impacts us um and when we look at what those traumas what those traumas that we place others in or put ourselves through tell us about ourselves um and Obviously, you know, knowing that we all have a story, knowing we all have something to tell uh we all have a story to tell um is very vital in understanding you know ourselves and what what we choose to do and how we choose to proceed you know in life despite you know our traumas despite the circumstances you know placed against us uh, and in understanding you know how painful experiences really shape us, um I think sometimes we try to hide ourselves from pain um, because we feel you know pain is a bad thing, and in a sense, pain is needed to really learn and grow and shed parts of ourselves that we no longer want to be in no longer want to see. Um and I think that's the important thing too in understanding how do we kind of uh how do we kind of grow from you know our painful experiences. Like I've been outside uh three surgeries, three major surgeries kinda of in my life. Of course, you know, my heart surgery uh when I was four years old, um that Forced my family to move from Kenya to the US, you know, gave my heart surgery in Atlanta. Um then I had another surgery. Uh I still had from the surgery when I was four, I still had one like last remaining hole in my heart. Um and I had that surgery in seventh grade. I wanna say so I was probably about like thirteen, fourteen. Um and then I uh last major surgery was when I was uh what was this sophomore year sophomore year junior year of high school and I had a perforated eardrum in my right ear um and you know those understanding you know how I the different things I've learned about myself you know throughout those surgeries you know not you know taking life for granted um and also you know being comfortable, you know, and just who I am. And I think like, for instance, like when it comes to like my ear surgery and, you know, I, you know, I'm the guy who probably more oftentimes than not will say, you know, huh, a lot. Um, that's not, you know, that's obviously cause, you know, uh, I had a, you know, hold my ear, my right ear. So on the right side, you know, not the best hearing on that side, but also understanding that that allows me to okay take a step back and really you know do my best to listen and you know um uh re or uh to be unafraid to ask you know someone to repeat themselves, and I think sometimes we feel like when you know with like oh, if I had to repeat myself, you know. We feel like that becomes an issue um because you know you wanna you know you obviously do want to take in the information the first time that you hear it, but I think also being unafraid to be like to have someone to repeat themselves is also important too, so I think of that as well in terms of how that kind of shaped me um in terms of my you know listening skills in terms of you know how I choose to communicate. Uh, how I choose to, you know, connect with people, um in terms of, you know, my heart condition. Um, you know, I always felt, I guess, at times because of uh just always learning, you know, the ins and outs of my heart conditioned dextrocardia, Um and, you know, everything's kind of, you know, like a mirror image of itself. Uh obviously, you know. Having you know multiple holes in my heart, so I felt like it was things in my life that I was trying to fill in a sense, also in that way, too. And you know, filling quote unquote those you know holes in my heart, um, or just how I choose to, you know, uh, so I have three chamber or three chambers. I'm missing you're supposed to have uh four chambers of your heart, so I'm missing a chamber. I think it's my left ventricle is that the one with oxygen is that the one that pumps oxygen but so uh but just understanding that also so I think even in sense of understanding the anatomy of my heart and my heart condition um was vital in how I chose to you know let it impact or learn to you know grow beyond it and become you know become who I am today um and understanding you know those different aspects of myself and then um just i guess also knowing you know kind of early on when I was young too kind of touch touch back on you know kind of what is trauma um how how excluded I kind of you know almost felt from the world because. I just you know pinpointed this you know one issue, whether it was you know my condition, whether it was you know physically when it came to you know my height and stature um um and kind of you know alienated myself and kind of you know withdrew myself from the world and you know really not really doing a you know disservice to myself and you know to the people around me um and also understanding that too, because knowing how much I do care and how much uh I do you know knowing who I'm choosing to become um was vital in understanding that too, because I think oftentimes it's easy to alienate ourselves uh, and I think you know just taking accountability in that um and understanding you know how I pushed people away because of that um so. In terms of, you know, accountability and what that looks like. It's it's ever evolving, it's ever growing. Um and also being aware of what we're choosing to, you know, of course be accountable of. And then I guess uh from earlier this week I think uh to the introductory press conference of uh my Falcons' newest head coach, uh the Falcons' news head coach, I said my Falcons, uh, but Falcons' news head coach and uh, Raheem Morris, um, and how he kind of talked about there in his inter his introductory press conference on the aspect of you know the twenty sixteen you know um, twenty sixteen loss in the Super Bowl um, to the Patriots, you know, filling that game twenty eight to three, and the lessons he learned. Since then, um, obviously, of course, you know, going on to win in Los Angeles with the Rams, um, with Sean McVay and that whole group, and you know, um, that organization and just all the aspects of how he chooses to get rid of, you know, that, that almost that mark, that scar, that uh is, you know, on – that was on the team, the identity of the team and no and saying, you know, we're no longer that team. And obviously, you know, it's going to take time and how he, you know, with him and Terry Fontenot and how they shape the image of, you know, the Atlanta Falcons moving forward, the talent that we do have on the roster um, is obviously going to be interesting. But I think when we look at trauma in the sense of – in that aspect, you know, like. I I can think back to like that day, you know, how I was, you know, third quarter feeling good, uh, talking trash to folks as far as like, hey, you know, about to be Super Bowl champs. And then the hurt that was felt was was tough uh, because I think that even impacted that trauma, even impacted how I chose to love my Falcons moving forward uh, in the sense of I felt. Like, oh, this was our identity, you know, this is who we were, and were we ever going to, you know, of course, get over the hump and, you know, win a Super Bowl? Um, so when I even think of that and how, because I, cause I obviously, you know, I talk to you guys a lot about how much I love, you know, my Lakers, but I never really get into just how much, you know, I love my Falcons as well, but I think that loss in 2016 really impacted that um, to a degree because I felt, you know, like, dang, we had our chance, we had our moment, and, you know, we blew it. And then, of course, you know, in the years preceding after that uh, loss um, where, you know, we had, you know, throughout, you know, different coaching regimes where we still were, it still was intrinsically you know a part of us, um and I think Raheem touching on the fact that you know that you know because he was there in twenty sixteen and what that looked like um and how he felt you know you know being at the mountaintop and you know almost tasting it, but then just you know one slip and completely you know falling off the cliff, I think that's that accountability piece of how he chooses to work with you know. Terry Fano, uh, Greg Ziedel's, um, Arthur Blank, and the whole, you know, overall, you know, organization from, you know, the coaches he hires to, you know, the players that we choose to, you know, bring on, the players that we do currently have um, and how we choose to build the team to reshape that identity uh, is very, very important. Um, and in terms of, you know, what that is, Entails is gonna be interesting to watch uh, moving forward, and I'm excited to watch uh, the Raheem Morris regime um, and seeing you know the energy he exudes, the the passion, uh, the the way he's authentically himself at all times. Um, and I just noticed it, you know, briefly, you know, just from a one hour press conference. So, uh, and obviously, you know, understanding. Coach Morris' uh, experience, you know, from his time with the Falcons and, you know, during his other pressers. But I think really, you know, I think he talked about during his first stint as a head coach, you know, obviously with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, when was that day? That was so long ago. Uh, but during his first stint, you know, he was 32 years old. Uh, he talked about, you know when you're, you know, that young thirties who you feel like you have all the answers and you eventually realize you don't have all the answers, um, and allowing, you know, other voices um to, you know, provide their input and create, you know, a collaborative and communicative, you know, environment that kind of shapes us kind of shapes us and kind of shapes, you know, your identity and allows you to grow in the different knowledge you choose to intake. And I think that's And I can kind of relate to that in the sense of that accountability piece in terms of, you know, who am I choosing to become and who who do I want to become and how am I exuding that through the choices I'm making um, and who I am, you know, allowing or who am I surrounding myself around. Um, So I think it's very, you know, it was a lot of insight just from he told from that standpoint during his you know lessons learned during his time in Tampa bay to when he moved on um obviously you know put, you know coaching both sides of the ball with the falcons um getting that experience uh his time with the rams um and the different the different teams almost you know the yeah, the different teams that the Rams had at the time, you know, you go from, you know, Super Bowl winner to almost kind of like a mini rebuild to, you know, a bunch of young guys and, you know, pushing them to, you know, obviously get to the playoffs this past year um, or this year, earlier this year. So I think it's instrumental as we look at the things around us um, and how we choose to connect to that to uh, – related to how we choose to be accountable within our own lives um, is very important. Um, and I guess next on the accountability piece I'll touch on um, is when it comes to, you know, my Los Angeles Lakers, um, well, obviously, you know, the NBA trade deadlines tomorrow, tomorrow um, tomorrow's probably going to be or trade deadline on February 8th. Um, tomorrow but uh february 8th in the sense of uh tomorrow's of course the kobe you know statue unveiling um and you know we played the denver nuggets but in terms of like the trade deadline um and the identity of the los angeles lakers moving forward um this trade deadline is going to be interesting because uh lebron james you know of course will be a free agent this season. um if he chooses of course to opt out you know pending if Bronny comes uh into the draft this year um what and depending on what Bron does you know how do we choose to you know move forward with Anthony Davis um and then you know understanding even the kind of uh trauma guys up on our roster that we currently have, like D'Lo, who's been, you know, traded around the league and, you know, back, you know, in the trade rumors again. And uh, and in turn, and Torian Prince um, and guys, you know, on, you know, those tradable contracts that, you know, can get moved around. And then what are we, you know, looking to get in return? So is this year a year where we're, you know, chasing, you know banner 18 or going after banner 18 or is this a year where we're we're just going to stand put and just let the cart uh stand pat you know come this trade deadline and let the cars fall where they may and then how do we proceed you know moving forward as an organization i think you know that accountability you know obviously comes from you know the top down you know genie bus you know rob palenka um Darvin Ham, you know, and players and so on and so forth. Um, so, it's going to be interested moving forward with my Lakers choose to do, obviously, you know, this trade deadline on what, like I said, it's going to be a tough, tough day because, man, I was, you know, just to – it's even funny that thing of, you know, I guess <laughs> – when I even think of, you know, Kobe, you know, the loss of Kobe Bryant and you know, that tragic day on, you know, January twenty-sixth, twenty twenty, um, where eight others, you know, obviously, you know, lost their lives, uh, including Kobe and nine, you know, nine people totally, you know, losing their lives that day. And how that experience kind of, you know, almost shaped the world. Um How that impacted me, you know, moving forward in terms of, obviously, you know, I didn't, you know, obviously didn't know Kobe personally or nothing like that. But always, you know, my childhood idol, you know, the guy I admired, you know, the guy I looked up to, you know, the man he was and the man I looked up to in that sense and really understanding. You know the lessons that you know he was looking to teach and uh, pass forward. You know onto the world and really understand. You know kind of what the mama mentality really meant. What that really looked like. Um, and you know taking that hurt and not necessarily dwelling on it because. From you know, obviously, from what we saw of who Kobe was, you know whether it was on the court or off the court, you know he he was always you know focused on the mission, focused on you know the end goal and the task at hand, whether that was you know winning championships or winning you know winning an oscar, you know when he was you know writing his book um or writing you know the children's series um the deer basketball movie, et cetera. Um, it's, you know, so many different layers, you know, his investments, you know, with body armor um, and what he choose, chose to invest in and how he chose to, you know, allow that to shape himself. So I think moving forward, you know, that's just what I chose to embody and how those lessons um, from, you know, watching Kobe you know, whether it was on the court, off the court, um, and in business and just overall life, um, um, from afar, of course, but really getting a grasp on who, who he was as a person and obviously not, you know, doing obviously, you know, knowing who he was as a person, but also, you know really what aspects within myself that i can take from um that that i obviously learned from myself even from you know his passing you know understanding that i think the thing that hurt most about you know kobe's passing for me was like the realization that you know my childhood was over you know since like like i said my childhood idol you know and you know really entering you know kind of that adulthood and it really like um, Obviously, you know, I was an adult then, but I think really it just dawned on me like, dang, you know, you see, you really see, you know, the fall of your childhood idols and um, how much they impacted you and how do you, you know, choose, how do you choose to, you know, take what, what you learned from them and what you chose, what knowledge you chose to gain from them to, Better you as an individual, um, so you know, like I said, tomorrow, tomorrow's gonna be tough. It's gonna be exciting, you know, see what twenty-four and eight statue, uh, what that'll look like. Um, I think they said they were doing two statues. Um, but yeah, it's it's gonna be gonna be exciting, man. Um, and I guess not to well. To be too somber, I guess. Um, but like that, even comes back to you know, kind of what I said in terms of you know, you know that that painful experience. You know, I remember you know just we like I had, it was it was it was hard because it was like dang, I was going to you know meet a meet a good friend of mine that I that I've known since uh, elementary school. Uh no not uh middle school um I don't know since middle school um and really like really grasp you know think back to you know the conversation we had you know in the lunch room you know LeBron you know versus Kobe you know that thing I spoke on before I I don't know if I spoke on it but you know used to be a Bron hater um because of how much you know you know the Respect and admiration that I had for Kobe Bryant, the love that I had for Kobe and his game, um, and you know what he embodied and what he exuded, and really just doing my best to, I guess, carry that forward and uh, create, you know, my own version of the mama mentality, and I, you know, trying to replicate what you know, obviously, what he represented, but doing my best to just, in my own way, you know, to create. Uh, a piece uh of you know my own mama mentality and what that looks like for myself um and just you know understanding what traumas in my life you know have impacted me um and how i choose to grow from it and choose to become this version of myself as I, you know, grow every day and become a different version of myself every day. And ultimately, you know, the version that I can hold accountable to who I am. Um, And I guess to move on, I guess, beyond that somber note, uh, to get into, you know, more of the uh, 2024, you know, NFL playoffs, obviously, a few weeks ago we had the AFC Championship and NFC Championship and uh the different to you know think or even the week prior in the divisional round thing back, you know, on the trauma of, you know, the hurt I felt for, you know, Buffalo Bills fan when uh I knew Kier's name, but it's not crossing my mind right now for the Bills. But him, you know, obviously missing, you know, that field goal and the 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 words wide right, you know, popping, popping up, you know, or being a trigger almost for you know Bills fan and understanding, you know, that history, that just that word, the you know that has on their you know that franchise that overall team, um, and, um, and, you know, their loss to, to the Chiefs, uh, that day in the, you know, in the divisional round. Um, but as I said, the AFC championship, NFC championship were a few weeks ago, um, where the Chiefs beat the, the Chiefs beat the Baltimore Ravens, against the Chiefs beat the Baltimore Ravens, and, the Detroit Lions lost to the San Francisco Forty ers um, in the NFC Championship, and you know the the differences between those two games. Um, obviously, I, I I felt the hurt for you know Lions fans because you know being up that much, I think they were up, uh, was it twenty one to three or? I think yeah, it was twenty-one to three, and they obviously had a chance to you know almost score. And I think you know later on uh, the risk the the fourth down risk that the Dan Campbell ch- chose to take because you know he chose to live by you know who he was and the the culture he has cultivated for his team and the franchise. Um. So really seeing how that you know they had a chance to obviously tie the game. Instead, you know, go for it on fourth down and eventually, you know, obviously losing by they lose by three. Let me pull up the exact score. Um, But, yeah, them choosing, you know, to go for it on fourth down and really cost themselves the game Um, and how they, you know, and. Honestly, I felt like it was almost like this was the Detroit Lions' year um, in terms of when I saw them go up and they were, you know, blowing out the explosive 49ers um, team. And then the momentum just swung in back in the favor of 49ers. And eventually, um, 49ers eventually, you know, got that win. And then in terms of the Chiefs Ravens game, um, <laughs> which was. Uh, I was I'm obviously, you know, a fan of both quarterbacks, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. But seeing, you know, Lamar do his best to try to overcome that Chiefs defense, which has been such a staple for them all season. Um, as much as, you know, we talk about Patrick Mahomes and that offense and kind of what they've been doing in this playoffs, but that defense, you know, being consistent, um, and really being, you know, uh, greater version of themselves um as a team um so it it's it'll be uh and you know feeling for Lamar and I think Roquan Smith talked about you know not making excuses and knowing you know they didn't play their best ball obviously that day and um how they choose to you know move forward but you know we have an exciting you know Super Bowl on our hands Super Bowl fifty eight in Las Vegas between the Kansas City Chiefs and uh the San Francisco forty nine ers in Vegas this weekend in Allegiant Stadium. It's gonna be a great battle. Um, and in terms of like my prediction for that game, oh man, I think. I mean, it's hard to bet against uh, Patrick Mahomes. I think uh, the Chiefs. Not discrediting uh Brock Purdy, although I have always felt I mean, Brock stepped up in that uh NFC championship game, you know, where he needed to make the plays that he needed to make. Um, because I always felt he was kind of a game manager quarterback. Um, but really seeing you know how he carried his team, um, and how he you know. How he'll come out, you know, in the Super Bowl is gonna be interesting. You know, going from a, you know, Mister Irrelevant to you know being, you know, the guy on the biggest stage, you know. So it'll be a great, you know, it'll be a fun Super Bowl. Um, as far as who I'm choosing, I, I gotta go with the Chiefs. Um, I think it'll be, I think it'll be a close game, but I think that Chiefs defense contains that explosive Niners offense. Um and I think the Chiefs kinda of pull away, you know, in the fourth quarter and it kinda of starts to pull away from it. And I think it'll be mm. Thirty-one seventeen, Kansas City. Uh, I feel like it's going to be, you know, kind of early on, but I think the Chiefs kind of pull late, and Patrick Mahomes pulls off that Patty Mahomes magic um, that we always see. So I have the Chiefs, you know, winning the Super Bowl. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, a second, you know, rematch between these two teams. Um, but like I said, I think I have the Chiefs, you know, pulling it out. And I guess, uh, before I wrap up, I'll get into, you know, my top four, um, for this week, um, start off with my favorite album or favorite kind of music I've been listening to of late. Honestly, I don't know if I've had like one specific song or kind of artist or album that I've been listening to of late. I've still kind of been on my, you know, different playlists, um, that I have, uh, I think my place I've been listening to most recently is probably my, uh, my recently played play play, my recently played playlist that has, you know, kind of my favorite songs that I've been recently playing and recently listening to and kind of my top 25 playlist as well of, you know, my most recently played songs as well. Um, uh so I've been listening to that, um, favorite show to watch, uh, I was I was talking before last episode about you know I had finished up House of Lies or I was watching House of Lies and I finished that up and that was a great show and then I started I think this show has entered my top five all time show and that's Weeds Um, Weeds is I mean the story um, the the relatability um, and I think it's funny enough that I opening up this episode on accountability but how uh the character Nancy Botwin played by uh Mayor Louise Parker and how, you know, she's, you know trying to cultivate this lifestyle for her family after the loss of of her husband, um, after the sudden loss of her husband, and, you know, obviously the route she chooses to go into, um, and understanding the risks that come with it. Really, you know, the trauma she's placed on her kids because of the lifestyle she chose to, you know, indulge in and, you know, get into, uh, into the drug game. Um, and Wheezy is just, you know, a thrilling, uh, really well-rounded show from, you know, the storytelling to the acting to, to the nuanced layers of the, of the show that just really you're able to capture different parts of yourself through each character um, was, was very, you know, it was an incredible watch. And I think that's why I think I said top five, but I think it's really it's my top three of all the time shows, uh, TV shows. Um, obviously number one being Breaking Bad, uh, two being The Wire, three being Weeds, I think, four Entourage, and then five, uh curb your enthusiasm um and those you know and obviously that list is probably going to change and evolve as you know we go moving forward uh and then what do i have currently going on uh a lot of ideating uh a lot of you know self-evaluation a lot of examining you know myself and you know who who i'm becoming you know who i want to become um you know as far as you know, kind of work, you know, figuring out, you know, career growth, um, and really, you know, just being a better, you know, kind of version of myself overall, um, that I was kind of talk about, um, really being, you know, more accountable, um, and choices I choose to make, um, and really, you know, just, you know, just getting better. Like I said, like I said earlier, you know, that one percent better, and then what I'm looking forward to, and I think it's a lot. I'm looking forward to, um. I, I, you know, the trips that I don't you know won't, don't want to speak on too early, uh, yet as we will get closer, I'll touch on them. Um, uh, but the trips that I have, you know, moving forward that I'm excited about, uh, that are work related, um, the ones that I'm currently still trying to figure out that I've put aside, that's you know personal, um, that I want to make happen, um, and then. Looking forward to, you know, I think the people I've been surrounding myself with and around and, you know, learning from those uh, individuals um, and in terms of, you know, what can I, you know, gain about myself from those those, uh, encounters and those experiences and the different, you know, the different books. So just really looking forward to, you know, just expanding on my curiosity, my thirst for, you know, learning and getting better. Um so those are, you know, kind of the things, you know, I'm excited about um and looking forward to. Um as I mentioned before, you know, the events that I attended, um and the events I that I, you know, will attend moving forward, um, I'm excited about and, you know, what that allows for me to learn about myself you know always going to be interesting and then as always you know i appreciate you guys for you know just taking the time to listen you know this was you know always you know therapeutic for me in a sense of you know just really you know regardless of who's listening or not um just you know talking to you guys and really you know giving you guys, you know, different aspects of, you know, kind of what goes into my mind and, you know, how I connected to the different things I love and enjoy. So as always, you know, appreciate you guys joining me, you know, on another episode of, you know, the Mo Love podcast, you know, Honest Conversations with Mo. And as always, you know, peace and, you know, look forward to another one.